Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. What's up? And the podcast. How those ears doing? I'm Sal Vetri. We're going to break down a three-game Saturday. This is a fun one. Three-game NFL Saturday slate starting at 1 p.m. going all through the day. Honestly, this is really fun. We only get one of these Saturday slates this year. Usually, I think we get two. Some years, we might have had three. I think it's just usually two. But this year, we just get one of them. Not sure if it's a conflict of scheduling with the college football bowl season, if there's something to do with that this year. But either way, we get a nice three-game slate uh, and and some, some really quality games, I would say. They're all fun from fantasy perspectives, I would say. And then real-life implications on them as well. So welcome, if you're new, to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. My name is Sal Vetri. I cover content in daily fantasy sports and make content, produce it independently as an independent content creator here every single day in a bunch of different avenues, not just NFL. You can check out my NBA content, golf content coming as well. Thank you so much. Sometimes people say I talk fastly so if you're somebody who thinks i do talk quick you can slow the video down in the bot- bottom right hand corner of the screen so you can check that out you can also check out my exclusive content over on patreon be sure to hit that up that is linked up down below as well as my social medias i do want to say that today the video is sponsored by fantasy draft and man man been talking discussing with fantasy draft as of late there's some cool people over there let me tell you right now so fantasy draft they're revolutionized revolutionizing the way that you play daily fantasy sports they're getting rid of rake right instead of paying 15 percent rake and what that is is just management fees Dra- DraftKings, fandle taking skimming it off the top of each of those contests you're paying maybe a half a percentage by a a five dollar a month whatever your subscription fee might be on fantasy draft depending on what you pick either way it's not a crazy percentage might be one percent rake comparison so why would you go and take out a 15 percent interest rate loan when you can take out a one percent i know the implications aren't the same but it's relatively the same but the big thing that is you go over there you're saving a ton of money one but two they gave us a free roll they gave us a free roll for this saturday slate i'm going to drop the link down below it is free to enter there are going to be i don't know last time there was like 25 winners of a free ticket to their nba christmas contest is what this one is going to be it's free to enter. It's totally free. If you're already playing on Fantasy Draft, be sure to just get in there. If not, hit the link down below into that contest. I'm going to link it to Twitter because I see people in the industry linking to different sites or, or getting their YouTube accounts banned, and I don't want that to happen. So I'll link it down below to Twitter, Twitter to the link for the post. Be sure to get in there. I'm saying it right now. Get into that contest. I'll say it again throughout the week. I'll post on Twitter and Instagram as well. But thank you. That was a lot. A lot to unpack there. But Fantasy Draft, appreciate you all sponsoring my channel, continuing to believe in me as an independent content creator. Let's get that goddamn thing filled on Saturday. They'll also be one on Sunday as well. I'll link them both up down below. So thank you, Fantasy Draft. Let's get into this video. Look, it's a three-game slate. I don't want to get cute with it. There's one game that's standing out above the rest, Houston and Tampa Bay. And I know the ownership's going to be there, and I know everybody wants to play it. You get an edge by playing the first game because there's just better players in it. It has the highest total on the slate by four and a half points, this Houston and Tampa game. The Rams, San Fran, 45 and a half. Houston and Tampa, 50. And then, goddamn, the divisional game against Buffalo and New England. New England, if they lose, Baltimore would clinch the number one seed, see if they end up resting any players on Sunday. 38.5 implied total. That game in New England, just gross game. But this first one, I don't want to get away from it. It's a great total. It's a three-point spread. The game should be good. Yes, Tampa Bay is dealing with a lot of injuries at wide receiver, likely to not have Chris Goblin. Just put Scotty Miller, their wide receiver four, you can call him, on IR. They don't have Mike Evans, so they're down to Perriman. They're down to Justin Watson, a guy's name that I don't even remember that we'll see when we're on the wide receivers page. I believe flat minimum price point or close to it. So yeah, I like this. So Deshaun Watson at 7,000, the most expensive quarterback on the slate. I'm fine getting there. There are so many. All the running backs are cheap this week. There's no elite guys in the slate. There are so many cheap wide receivers. You can do whatever you want at tight end, in my opinion, at any price range, that I'm fine paying all the way up for Deshaun Watson. 
He's by far in the best spot. Tampa Bay ranks 18th against the pass. They've slowly improved, but still not great overall. No superstar talents. They're 18th in pass rush, which if you're not one of the top teams in pass rush against Deshaun Watson, a bad offensive line for Houston. But man, this guy's going to make you pay in the ground. I love it. It's a spot where Tampa Bay gives up the most points on this slate. I believe they give up the most points only second to the Cardinals in the league at 25.9 per game to the quarterback position. Give me Deshaun Watson here. The offensive line issues for Deshaun Watson should not be that evident in this game, as they usually aren't because he hides them with his mobility. But he's my favorite play on the slate of quarterback. Winston, Jameis would be my second favorite, but he's $100 less, and he doesn't have his top weapons, right? He's going to have O.J. Howard out there as his most reliable weapon that he knows and trusts. Yes, I know Brashawn Perriman had a good game last week, three touchdowns. But he did not have a ton of targets. He's still going to be a bubble screen and deep threat guy for the most part. Justin Watson, not a lot of chemistry with Winston in the regular season. Watson had more chemistry with Ryan Griffin, the backup quarterback, or the preseason, I should say. Um, you're going to have other guys out there. Cameron Brait, there was a story that Jameis Winston went up to O.J. Howard and Cam Brait and said, you guys are going to get the rock this week once he found out that or Goblin was unlikely to play and Scotty Miller was put on the IR. So... Winston is still fine to get to a 23.5 implied team total where they are three point underdogs. So it should be a spot where Winston's going to throw 40 plus time. Maybe you see a DeRay Ogunbowale or Dar DeRay. I don't know. There's a bunch of different ways people tell me to pronounce it. Ogunbowale, uh, the third string or one of the three running backs for Tampa Bay get more involved in the passing game. Winston, though, for $100 less than Watson, prefer Watson. Winston does have that mobile upside. Um, He's getting around 20-plus yards per game in the ground. Watson's just getting more. So, yeah, I don't care what the ownership numbers are. Unless Watson, for some reason, is 70% owned, then I'll start to move. Otherwise, I'm just fine getting to Watson in all formats than Winston. Jared Goff on the road against uh, San Fran, which they're not going to have D. Ford. He's injured, but they should have Richard Sherman back this week. We'll track the status of Kawan Williams throughout the week. He should be back their slot cornerback. It's a terrible spot for Jared Goff. Last time at home against San Fran, he just got destroyed. I think he threw for like 87 yards or something crazy. He was terrible. I don't expect much different to happen here. You have a top four pass rush in the entire league going up against Jared Goff on the road where he has not looked good, where Cooper Cup has not looked that great in the slot, fully healthy. Uh, Brandon Cooks has not looked great either. He'll probably get Richard Sherman. Cooks primarily plays on the left side of the field where Sherman plays. Again, Sherman is likely to uh, return in this one. Six and a half point underdogs on the road. You're likely to see more blitz packages for Jared Goff, which again, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league under pressure. It is the fastest pace game on the slate, but for Goff, I have no interest. Jimmy G would be the only other quarterback on the slate I have interest in. Honestly, I might just go all my exposure to Watson and Winston. It's the early game. You can adjust from there and late swap on sites like DraftKings, and I believe FanDuel as well, still in the NFL. Uh, but Jimmy G at 5,500, he does get the Rams. They're a top five defense, second in pressure, top five against the run. I believe top five secondary, although Dak was pretty well against him the first half last week. Overall, that offensive line for Dallas neutralized the game. But you're not going to get the same, um, you're not going to get that same type of uh, offensive line here from San Fran. They've been dealing with injuries, so it could be a little bit of worries from Jimmy G facing some pressure here, which things could get wonky. They do have a 26 implied team total, six and a half point home favorites again in this nice fa- fast paced environment. Um, I-, I think I do like taking stabs on Jimmy G if you're going to give me this price point of 5,500. But I also think he probably throws the ball 28 to 30 times here, whereas I'm pretty sure, and he doesn't run all that much, I'm pretty sure Winston's going to throw 40 times. I'm pretty sure Deshaun Watson's going to throw, if he only throws 30 to 32 to 35 times, he's going to run the ball like six or eight times. So I'll just take those guys even for the price. It's not like you're, even for the price increase, it's not like you're missing out all that much on this slate in salary. The $1,500 difference between Jimmy G and Watson isn't that much when you see the running back options you have this week and wide receiver options. There's just a ton of cheap guys that you're naturally going to be paying in the four and five K range for. Josh Allen and Tom Brady, I don't want anything of this game. 
Tom Brady does not look good. These are two of the best five defenses in the league. You can arguably say these are two of the three best defenses in the league right there with San Fran. Just really good talents, both in the same division, two best in that division as well. I do like this. Interesting spot in New England this weekend. Six-point favorites for New England. 22.25 team implied total. The Buffalo Bills have a 16.25 team implied total. It's not a great spot. New England only giving up 10 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. Josh Allen, I do not expect him to throw the ball much here. Probably try and control the game on the ground. Use his arm just sparingly where they have to, like you saw last week against another good defense in Pittsburgh, uh, where the Bills actually squeaked out a win there. Tom Brady, uh, Buffalo only giving up 13.3 fantasy points per game. Not a lot at all. And he comes in with a really bad team implied total. He has not been looking good. His best weapon in Julian Edelman, the quote was, his body is falling apart. That's not a great quote. Uh, So I don't want either of these guys, even at the reduced price points. It's just not a good game environment. Slowest pace game on the slate, as it probably should be. Buffalo loves, loves, loves to slow the game down. And these two defenses should muck it up quite a bit. Give me Watson, give me Winston, maybe a little Jimmy G. That's it. Running back position now. Hit that subscribe button before we keep going. Appreciate you. On the audio version, hit that five-star rate and review. Hit the subscribe button to the audio version. I know you're probably like, I'm not doing that right now. Screw this guy. But please, it does help me out if you're listening to this and you get any satisfaction from my videos. I do appreciate you doing that. Running back's a shit show. I know what I want to do at quarterback that one game. Running back's a shit show. Devin Singletary is my only yes, and I don't even feel confident about this. He's 5,500, so he's a cheap price point. He's been playing 75 plus percent of the snaps single-handedly controlling this backfield now with Frank Gore over the past month of the season. New England's only 18th first round. They're not that great. You saw what Joe Mixon did to them last week. They just control these games on the ground because they get up ahead. Their defense scores and teams can't run on them. Singletary's shown an ability to catch the ball in the passing game as well. It's a close enough spread, six on the road. It's not great for Singletary, but 5,500. I think he touches the ball one way or another 16 times or so in this game. Negative 12% run blocking advantage. I'm saying all these things and I don't love it, but if I had to put somebody as a yes, it would be him on this slate. Todd Gurley, 6,300, negative 23% run blocking advantage. Not a good spot against San Fran on the road to six and a half point underdogs. San Fran is 15th first to run. They won't have D Ford. So once again, a little bit easier of a matchup. They put somebody else on IR on their defensive line as well this past week. Jones, I can't remember who, but Todd Gurley has been used great. He's getting a ton of usage. If you give me 20 carries out of Todd, or 20 touches total out of Todd Gurley, hard to full fade that. He's the highest priced running back though. Raheem Mostart, I get it. People are going to say, oh, Sal, you should make him a yes. He's a six and a half point favorite. This guy's going to play 50% of the snaps. I said it last week. He could have a good game. He can have 40 yards and a touchdown, catch a ball or two. He's going to have 50% of the snaps, which more times than not leads to 14 or 15 touches. The Rams right now rank top five against the run. Um, Top five against the run in DVOA. They're 12th against the run, according to the Pro Football Focus. It's a negative 1% run blocking advantage, so pretty much neutral for most start, but you're still having around, I don't know, six, seven touches a game for Matt Breida, six or so touches a game for Coleman. So then what is that leaving you on the table with? 15 or so for most start on a good day if he keeps this workload of 50% snaps. I think he's fine at 6,100 on this slate. I don't think he's terrible. I have him as a maybe. I just think that if he picks up ownership this week, I likely get away from it because there's a real chance he sees 14 carries. If he doesn't get in the end zone, he has a total of 60 yards and he's not doing much for you as the second most expensive running back on this slate. James White is fine. Uh, he comes in as a six point favorite. It's just not a spot where you actually expect him to. Um, be controlling definitely not on the ground with Sony Michelle back there and also Rex Burkhead kind of ahead of him in the carries department but if they're going to be leading in the game not a real priority to get him involved in the passing game I think you get your normal six to eight targets out of him Buffalo is really good against running backs on the ground really good against pass catching running backs it's not really a spot that I feel all that confident targeting Sony Michelle and or, or Sony Sony Michelle or James White um, it's a good spot overall in between the tackles, usually against Buffalo, they've been much better there over the past month, but James White's not going to be running in between the tackles enough. Again, this slate is pretty gross for running backs. If you were to get six receptions for 40 or 50 yards out of James White at 5,800, those 11 points might be enough for you. So he is going to be in play. 
Carlos Hyde in a brutal matchup. Tampa Bay, still one of the better running back or defenses in the league. Top eight, according to PFF. Top five, according to DVOA. Um, football outsiders metric against the run is this Tampa Bay team. It's a spot where Houston's going to be a good size favorite here. He's only $5,000. I think you get at minimum the average on the season of 15 carries per game you've been getting out of Carlos Hyde. He's been getting close to 17 opportunities per game when you factor in his targets. I think that number bumps up a little bit to around the 16 to 18 carry per game. Mark, and he's been beating good matchups every single week. Carlos Hyde has been very sneakily good this year. 10.9 fantasy points per game. That is top four on this slate for running backs. Nothing really there that points out. Just shows a little bit of consistency. At $5,000, at this price point, I'm honestly fine getting closer to Carlos Hyde than I would be wanting to get to Mostar or James White, especially when I try and factor in the ownership here. Again, he's just a nice size three-point favorite. It is a difficult matchup, but he's going to get the rock, especially around the red zone. And I expect this Tampa Bay offense or this Houston offense to be in the red zone often. Duke Johnson, his running mate at 4,100. It's a nice price point. You probably end up with Duke Johnson seeing somewhere around seven or eight total touches in this game, three or four in maybe the passing game department. It's not great, but on those seven or eight touches, can Duke Johnson end up with 50 yards, two receptions or so? Yes, it's all pretty much dependent on his receiving game role and if he finds the end zone. He's towards the bottom of the list of my interests at 4,100, but I do think he's in play. Matt Breida, 3,800, just 24 total snaps over the last two weeks, 13 total touches though. So when he's on the field, 24 snaps with 13 touches, they're pretty much giving him the ball. So the snaps have been decreasing a ton. I don't love that less than 20% over the last two weeks combined. Again, 12 per week, exactly 24 total. I don't like it at all. But if you're telling me that when he's on the field, he's getting the ball and I can rely on Matt Breida to get a minimum of maybe six, seven touches in this game, upside of around 10 at 3,800. Yeah, of course I don't like this, but he's a decent sized favorite. He is involved in the passing game. And again, we're dealing with spots where I think the highest scoring running back this week might score 16 fantasy points. So if a guy like Matt Breida at 3,800 can end up scoring eight for you, right? Catches a couple of balls. It's not the end of the world. Dorey Ogunbowale at 3,300, definitely a GPP, sneakier type of play. You're just, I'm relying here on the fact that they have no more pass catchers. They're running out Justin Watson and Cameron Braid as primary pass catchers this upcoming week. So maybe they get the running backs more involved. Ogunbowale would be the main benefactory there. 3,300 leads the backfield by a wide margin in receptions and receiving yards. They're down three wide receivers. I think they have to get creative somewhere. He's 3,300. Again, if you think that the highest scoring running backs are scoring 15 or 16 points and he has the upside of catching five balls for 40 yards this week, you can do a lot worse. I think I would prioritize on this slate just based on workload and the matchups, Devin Singletary, Todd Gurley, and probably Carlos Hyde amongst all the rest. That does not mean go put all three of those into your lineup. This is a week where I like getting three wide receivers or a slate. This three-game slate, I like getting three wide receivers over getting to three running backs just based on the volume or really the options that we have here. Wide receiver position. There's a lot of guys. And this is where I want to kind of live this week. There's a lot of guys that I think are at least in play. I have on this list 23 total guys, but um, not in play. Well, 23 total guys to at least keep on here and not just delete off. But we have to see. Right now, I have Chris Goblin, the only guy with a yellow by his name. That just means that he's questionable. Track his injury status. He's likely to miss this one, though. They said he's likely not to play the rest of the season. DeAndre Hopkins. If I'm playing Deshaun Watson, I don't care. I'm paying up for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care that he's 8,500. It's a three-game slate. It's not the same situation where guys are expensive and there's opportunity costs. No. If DeAndre Hopkins at 8,500 scores 24 fantasy points, he's needed. It's not Michael Thomas at 9,300 on an 11-game slate because there's just not as many other guys who can outscore him. On this slate, there might be one other guy who can outscore DeAndre Hopkins. And it might be his own teammate, Will Fuller. I don't know. Maybe Julian Edelman, if you want to argue with me. Robert Woods, right? Maybe two other guys. But either way, at 8,500, if Hopkins is putting up 24 or 20 plus fantasy points, I guarantee he's going to be needed. You can find ways to easily afford him. He might be 100, in 100% of my lineups this weekend. Julian Edelman is playing banged up, but he's priced down. He won't see Tredavious White. He'll be in the slot. The quote was, my body is falling apart. That's not great, but this guy has seen 10 plus targets. Um, 
Last week was the only week he did not see that. 10 plus targets, though, in eight out of nine weeks, if you don't catch the count last week. And excluding last week's game, we'll see if the injury status is a big issue. Seven receptions per game in the previous eight. So Edelman at 6,400 won't see White. It's a brutal spot overall in this game, this environment. But I think he's in play. Will Fuller, I love Will Fuller. I love this stack. I'm fine stacking on a three-game slate. Give me the stack of... Um, Watson, Hopkins, Fuller, run it back with OJ Howard, whoever you want, Watson on the other side, Perriman, I don't care. I'd, I'd probably get the cheaper guys, not Perriman, but $5,900 Fuller. He played 95 plus percent of the snaps the last game. He'll face Bunning in this one. It's a good matchup. Watson at 4,600 is the Tampa Bay receiver I do prefer. No Evans, no Miller, likely no Goblin. Watson ran 26 routes last week, and that was while uh, Miller ran seven before he got hurt and Goblin ran 32. I would expect Justin Watson in this one since Winston drops back 40 plus times a game on average, I would expect Watson to run 35 plus routes in this one. Hard to ignore at 4,600 against the Houston defense that right now is ranking bottom third of the league. Kenny Stills, 4,400 is a maybe. He's not a primary option for me. So my four yeses were Hopkins, Edelman, Fuller, and Watson. Kenny Stills is a guy that you can put in your groups if you're making stacks. I think he's okay. He's not a priority. Two touchdowns last week might actually spike his ownership, but he's still cheap enough. Carlton Davis has moved into the slot uh, for Tampa Bay. So it's still a fine matchup for him. Nothing crazy to me though. Next up is going to be Cooper Cup, 6,600. He'll be in the slot. Look, I'll get to Cooper Cup if there's no Kawan Williams. If Kawan Williams is playing, though, he missed last week's slot cornerback, one of the best, if not the best in the league for the 49ers. I will not get there. Cooper Cup got absolutely shut down and murdered a couple weeks back. Well, that's a harsh word, but week six when the Rams just were getting or, or allowing so much pressure from Sam Fran, Jared Goff was a donkey. Now they're on the road. It's not a good spot, not only for the individual matchup for Cup, but just for his quarterback in this one. Same can be said for Robert Woods. He'll get to avoid Richard Sherman. He'll play on the right side of the field where Sherman will be on the left, but he still has to face a top 10 pass rating against cornerback in Witherspoon, um, Antoine Witherspoon, so not a good spot. Goff on the road against his pass rush is scary. I'd prefer Robert Woods over anybody from the Rams wide receiving core, but I really don't want any of them. Perriman at $6,000 is surely in play because now he's a de facto number one, but I think his price point came up a lot and surely he's going to just have to see six to eight to more targets. And based on how much Winston throws, it's a good spot for him against Houston secondary. So he's in play, but if he ends up being just over-owned or one of the highest-owned wide receivers because of his three-touchdown performance last week, I'll go away from it. He didn't see a ton of volume last week, even with Godwin missing half of that game or so. So $6,000, he's surely a good play, but I think people will over-own him because of his performance last week. And that's just a spot to get away from because he's much more expensive now. And I get it, Godwin's out, Miller's out, but um, and there's going to be a need to kind of force him the ball, but I also think there'll be a need to force the running backs the ball a little bit more, the tight ends, both of them now, uh, Watson as well. So Perriman, I would expect a nice game out of him, but at $6,000, if he has 50 yards and a touchdown, uh, you don't need that in your lineups at high ownership. Debo Samuel at 5,100 versus the Rams. He'll likely avoid Richard Sherman. I think Emmanuel Sanders saw him, or he'll likely avoid uh, Jalen Ramsey. Emmanuel Sanders will probably see him in this one. Samuel will end up getting Troy Hill, who's been, or yeah, Samuel will end up getting Troy Hill, who's been just so good as of late, but you get a really cheap price point in Debo at 5,100. If you can see Jimmy G throwing 28 to 32 times around his average in this one, I think Samuel ends up seeing eight targets or so, and that's pretty good. Mohamed Sanu is one of the guys that I really don't want to get to, but he's a nice price point if you need the cheap salary relief. He probably won't see Tredavious White the whole game. That'll be on the left side of the field, more so where Nikhil Harry will line up. But Mohamed Sanu has been terrible. He will see Tredavious White for part of this game, and this Buffalo Bills zone defense has been so good. So what you're hoping for here is just a, a very sporadic 6-7 catch game, even if he only has 40-50 yards. 3,800 is one of the, the worst options on the slate, but he's priced like it. Ishmael, I hope I'm pronouncing, hoping I'm pronouncing this right, Ishmael, Ishmael, uh, Hyman. He is a Tampa Bay number three receiver that I couldn't remember earlier. He ran six routes last week, but that was, that was while Goblin ran 32 and Miller ran seven. Look, I don't know if they're going to sign somebody else. I don't know if this is going to be the number three wide receiver now that they've had two more injuries to their wide receiving core. Maybe they'll sign somebody else, but as of right now, 
Hyman is the guy who is going to step in and be the wide receiver three. Again, ran the only other running back, only other wide receiver to run routes last week. He ran six of them. Miller got hurt and ran seven. Goblin ran 32. He'll likely run 25 to 30 plus routes as the wide receiver three on this team that runs a ton of three wide receiver sets, drops back a ton of times. The issue is, do they sign somebody else? Do they just put running backs into the slot? OJ Howard into the slot more? I don't know. But at $3,000, if you tell me that this guy's actually going to be the wide receiver three and run 25 to 30 routes, it's really hard to ignore that in a very positive matchup. Philip Dorsett got passed up by Nikhil Harry, so I don't want Dorsett. I really don't want Harry. He'll see a lot of Tredavious White. Brandon Cooks will see a lot of Sherman. I think Cole Beasley, you can argue with me, at 4,800 is worth a play against New England. If anything, Jonathan Jones in the slot is the spot that you do target against New England. Uh, He's only 4,800. Cole Beasley will probably just be force-fed six to eight targets, so I do think that he's at least in play. I'll make him a maybe right now. He's just not a priority at that price tag. John Brown's just going to see Stephon Gilmore, and I write here, good luck for Stephon Gilmore, man. That's literally what I wrote, so there you go. That's wide receiver. Tight end. You can go a lot of different ways. Kittle's on the slate at 6,500, probably a shoe in for seven to eight to nine to 10 targets, depending on the actual volume needed as a six and a half point home favorite from Jimmy G. I do think Kittle's fine to get to. Really hard not to like OJ Howard at $4,000 with two more wide receivers down, three of their top four wide receivers down in the past I don't know, two weeks, right? Um, I think that OJ Howard's volume has been coming up. I think it comes up even more encouraging to see that Winston already pulled him and Cam Braid aside and said, your volume is going to come up. So I do like OJ Howard. Tyler Higby will be a yes for me if Everett is out. He will be a strong yes for me. He might be the best tight end play on the slate of $5,000. Difficult matchup, but might be the only guy that Jared Goff can get the ball to in the short to intermediate range. The concern there as always is, can Jared Goff actually stay upright? So I do like OJ Howard, Kittle, and Tyler Higby if Gerald Everett is out. Right now, I have Gerald Everett as a maybe. If Gerald Everett is in, I probably don't get there at 4,000, and then I definitely don't get to Higby at 5,000. I think he'll still play more snaps than Everett, but it'll be some sort of a timeshare with Everett back. And then lastly, or a couple guys, Jordan Atkins at 2,900. Look, he gets the exact same usage as Fells, both in the red zone, both in routes run, both in snaps. But for some reason, uh, Darren Fells is over $1,000 more expensive. I'll just go to the cheaper guy who's getting the exact same amount of targets and usage in all parts of the field as him for 2,900. I think he's in play for sure. Cam Braid at 3,500. Same reasoning for OJ Howard uh, due to these injuries. Howard will be the guy who stays on the field more. Cam Braid will see a bump in his snaps, especially around the red zone. The rest of the guys I don't have as much interest in, um, but that's where I'm at right now. So the only other things that can change for me are if you get Gerald Everett out, Tyler Higby is a yes. If you get Gerald Everett in, I probably don't want any of those Rams tight ends, and I'll just get a ton of the Tampa Bay tight ends along with Kittle. I'll go back to wide receivers here. So thank you. That's Thanks for tuning into the three-game slate. Let me mention again, down below is the, in the podcast and the YouTube video description, everything that you can find this on, the link to the Twitter uh, post that I will post for this fantasy draft contest. Be sure to get in there. It's free. It's a free roll. It literally is free. You enter a lineup for free, and you can potentially win a ticket into the NBA contest, multiple tickets to win thousands of dollars so be sure to check that out it's totally free to enter i'll be in there i appreciate you all tuning in thank you so much my name is sal betry you all rock check out my patreon exclusive content linked up down below i will have some content out um, for this weekend the nfl games this slate as well as the nba every single day pga stuff coming soon follow me on twitter at sal dfs i'll be posting content updates and just some helpful information as well as some of these free free roll links and follow me on instagram as well my name's sal you already know that check out fantasy draft linked up down below you all rock get your rake free dfs in peace out gang I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.